Welcome to the podcast version of 32 Bar Cut, the show. A series for performers, about performers, made by performers. Every week, we give audition advice, share personal experiences, and sit down with fellow colleagues in the performing arts to chat about their life in the industry. If you are hearing this message, you are not currently a subscriber and will only be hearing the first half of the podcast. If you would like to hear the full interview, including the Curtain Call series, you'll want to head over to 32barcup.com, where you can find a link to our Patreon page. There you will have exclusive access to the entire video and private RSS podcast feed, as well as other subscriber-only content. Thanks for listening. Without further ado, on to the show. You may have seen her flipping her fins in the national tour of The Little Mermaid or singing her heart out as Kim in Miss Saigon, but today she is sitting down with us to talk about her life as a performer. Welcome to the show, Diana Huey. Hello. Hello. (laughs) Thank you for having me. I am so excited to have you here. So excited. That was an amazing intro. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. That was amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Austin wrote that, and it's our little way of introducing everybody into the show and the life of of, uh, theater, if you will. It's perfect. It's perfect. That's amazing. (laughs) Thank you. So, um... My first question, I hope it doesn't sound too loaded, but I really do mean it. How are you? How are you doing? How are you navigating this new way of uh, living life out- off of the stage? I'm, you know, all things considered, I am doing well. I can't complain. I, you know, as long as I was, I always said from the very beginning of all of this craziness was as long as my family is okay and, you know, we can keep a roof over our heads and still eat food and you know, get through this. That's, that's all I ask uh, for the, for the people I love to be safe and knock on wood so far. That's, you know, they've been, they've been good. My parents have just gotten vaccinated. My dad got a second shot. My mom's getting her second shot tomorrow. So I'm like feeling a a little, little better. Um, But you know, it, it's actually been this really great silver lining. My boyfriend is a musician and we never get to see each other. Um, we've been together for about seven years, and we last year would start. It just started becoming a joke because we would spend literally twenty four hours together before someone else had to bounce. It, it like um, a year ago, last week or something. It was like, oh, okay, he picked me up from this show at the airport, so he picked me up at JF or at LaGuardia at this time, and then twenty four hours and one minute later, I dropped him off at JFK the, JFK the next day, and we were like. Bye. And that happened so often that we were like, how do we keep booking gigs that there is one to maybe three days if we're lucky that we're together? So suddenly we just spent almost an entire year um, together every day. And it's been like really amazing. Um, Lots of cooking, lots of eating. Um, When we get back to work, I'm just going to have to like really get, get, get on a health kick. Um, But and plant babies galore. I've been adopting a lot of plants. Um, so, you know, all things considered, I'm, I'm happy. And I've, I've gotten to meet people like you on amazing things like this and other, you know, the, the conversation panel that we were on, there's been a lot of these amazing panels and creative ways that people are making 
creation happen. And I've felt very lucky to be included in a lot of these projects. And so I've still felt um, like I've I've been working and and doing things and meeting people and collaborating. So yeah, I'm I'm doing well, all things considered. And you know, we're we're getting to the final stretch. I I, I like you can see the light at the end of the tunnel now. So ah, fingers crossed. Definitely with the 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 few vaccines that we have available now, I I can see the light at the end of the tunnel as mm-hmm. well. And I'm so glad to hear that your family's okay because that is always Thank a concern. You, you never yes. know what someone's situation is. So I'm really glad to hear that. And it's Thank funny you. that you you talk about not having time with your boyfriend because I felt the same way with Austin and I. Um there were so many years where he would be on tour and I'd be at home or I would be on tour and he would be home or we would both be on tour. And we just didn't really get a chance to settle in and spend time together. And we kept deciding, okay, this is the year where we will spend time together. But yeah. then one of us would book something amazing and you can't say no. And You can't say no. I know. It's, one, it's such a double-edged sword because you want, you know, and I'm so, so grateful that my my boyfriend is so supportive and I am of his his career as well. Like he spent half the year in Europe with his band Brass Against last year, just touring Europe. And, you know, I'm like, I want that for you. I want your music to be heard. I want you to get to do these things that we as artists want to do. But man, I miss you. Um, but you know, we've also gotten really good at lo- like making long distance work. We talk every day. You know, you always whoever's going to bed first always at least sends a text message to say, I'm going to bed so that the other person can, you know, say goodnight. But it's been so nice to, yeah, get to spend time with your partner this year. And, you know, I feel horrible for the people where it's gone the opposite way. So I'm, again, very grateful that it wasn't a, oh, we spent a year together and now I think uh, I don't want to do this anymore. (laughs) So I was like, great, this is a a perfect test of um, spending a lot of consolidated time together. In, uh, in an apartment in New York City. <laughs> Absolutely. It's always a great thing when you discover that you actually do like each other. I know. <laughs> He's actually like out at a, a studio today uh, recording, doing like in-person recording stuff. Um, and <clears throat> we were like, okay, well, bye. I'll miss you. Like what? And, you know, he had like just little various gigs that we spend, you know, just a little bit of time apart now. We're like, oh. I'm, it's so quiet. I don't know what to do with myself. I guess I'll just watch some TV or something. You know, it's it's weird. I'm like, I'm suddenly very dependent on your company. I'm so glad that I still love it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm glad to hear that. Our um, we uh we have a dog, Bella, oh. and um she has become very attached during this time. And oh my god, I've gotten a couple of gigs with, that have. Had, that I've had to do outside of the house. And Austin will send me like photos of her waiting by the door. And it's it's horrible because I know I'm not going to be back for like four hours or something, but she's four just- Four hours. You're like, I used to be gone for four months yeah. at a time. And now it's like four hours and we're like, I don't know what to do with myself. <laughs> That's so funny. It's so real though. I, I It's going to be very strange going back to yeah. work um, I'm very excited for it, obviously. Like, we're all very excited to get to go back to work. But it's – I feel like my um, my energy level, too, just doing one thing a day, if I do one thing a day, you know, I'm like, ooh, 
that was a that was a hard one hour Zoom call. Like, what? <laughs> like I'm exhausted. And I'm like, what is this? How are we going to do this? I'm not sure, but we'll find out. I think everyone's going to be. <laughs> you won't be alone. Like, and that'll be the thing is that we can all come together and talk about, oh, my God, are you exhausted? Because I've been going to bed at 1030. And what's going to happen now? Who who am I? I I was I, I'll get tired so early and I'm like, you know, a year ago, this was, you know, the <laughs> middle of act one. What am I doing? I can't like be tired. Of, like we're, we're an intermission. We, yeah. we still have an act to go. Like how? Yeah, it's going to be an interesting adjustment period to shift back. But I think it's a challenge. Everyone's like, bring it on. I'm ready. I'm ready to drink all the coffee in the world. <laughs> Definitely. We're adaptable. That's that's why we're we adaptable. do what we do. Exactly. So I really want to chat about your time with The Little Mermaid for a few reasons. I want to chat about it just because it's amazing. Congratulations to you for <laughs> booking that tour and getting to go around the country as Little Mermaid. Um, also, it doesn't look like the easiest of shows. So kudos to you for pulling that off, being in the air all the time and just all <laughs> the things. I imagine that your core must have been the most oh solid my of gosh. life. Yes. <laughs> I was like, this is by the end of that year, I was like, I have, I have like abs. I'm like really strong now. And like just the strength, you know? And then three days after tour was done, it was just like, <laughs> I was like, really? 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 It just like softened back up to a nice, healthy, happy tummy. And I was like, cool. That, <laughs> that, that went quickly. Like three days, three days later, I was like, huh, these Back, back to my old clothes. But um, yeah, it was it was definitely a very aerobic show with the flying. Um, Glenn Casal, who was the director, got hired to sort of fix, you know, figure out why The Little Mermaid on Broadway didn't do as well as they wanted it to as like something like The Lion King, which is obviously still very successful. And they're like, why didn't Mermaid have that same sort of thing? Um, so they were they used him to sort of rework it. He also worked on Hunchback. Um, he's like Disney's fix-it guy. And uh, he was like, well, you know, it's not as magical as you would want The Little Mermaid to be. You you have, you know, it half the show takes place underwater. We can do so much more than, you know, in the Broadway one, they were skating, which mm -hmm. still it looked very cool and she was gliding and swimming. But he was like, I want to turn the whole space into the deep sea because she lives under the sea. So they added the foy system and we were flying. And yeah, I it, it was a very um, intense exercise year. <laughs> uh, it was fun, though. And, like, all of the videos online, I just cringe whenever I see them. Like, if someone tags me in something, I see what it is and I can't I can't watch it anymore. Um, it was, you know, all during tech at the beginning of the process. So, it you know, people are like, oh, she sounds so labored. And I was like, I was labored. We were in tech and I was learning how to fly and hang from my stomach and, like, to – to swim across the stage, you have to then use your core to, because you're just sitting in a harness. So then to swim sideways, you have to like push yourself down and hold yourself there as it's dragging you. You know, otherwise I would just be doing this back and forth, which would be really fun, but not very <laughs> cool looking. Um, so it was really hard. And so all the videos, I'm like, you know, I love looking at seeing that as a, here's where I started. And I, you know, got much more comfortable and it got a lot easier and I found I found my way through it. Um, but I see those videos and I'm like, oh, girl, she was working hard. She was working hard and <laughs> it shows and sounds like it. But, you know, that's that's the beautiful thing about theater, right? You get to 
perfect it and and do it. I never got bored of doing it. I never got tired. I was learning things constantly. Um, I that's the longest I've done a show, like a run of a show. Um, and yeah, I was like, am I going to get so sick of being a Disney princess for a year? And I was like, <laughs> no, I found so many more interesting things about her and, you know, wanted to dig deeper. So it wasn't just, you know, Vaseline on the teeth sort of smiling through the whole thing. You know, it's just like, no, she's she's an individual who doesn't feel like she fits in in her environment and no one understands her and she tries to figure out where she does belong. And I think that's something that's so relatable to people of all ages and races and, you know, identities. So I was like, this is actually a very important message if we don't let it just be about like fun and glitter and, you know, sparkles and bubbles. So um, it was a really fun challenge to to do for a year. Absolutely. I can imagine that it was uh, life changing, you know? It was. It and was. I can feel you totally <clears throat> on that, in, like building up your endurance because when I first started in The Lion King, I had to get adjusted to the corset and the weight of the corset and Ooh. how constrictive it can be around the the diaphragm. And and uh, I, uh, I got used to it. But if someone had been capturing my first few rehearsals or even my first few performances with video, I would be... I would not want to see that. <laughs> like, I do not need to be reminded of, of that how hard it at all. And uh, I got so used to uh, to my endurance and getting used to the show that when I went on vacation once for two months, I mean, not for two months, for two weeks, I went on a two-week vacation. <laughs> two months, yeah. I went on a two-week we vacation. <laughs> and I did not work out at all. And I thought that I could just come back and jump into Ooh. my show and that first show like fall over <laughs> oh my god I probably sounded like a drowning pig like it was awful it was terrible so I feel you I feel you on yeah. so many levels but then isn't it so fun to be like man I was that strong it, it <laughs> to make it to make something that difficult that you take two weeks off of something that's so ingrained in your body like that like oh it's like riding a bike I'll just get back on and ride my bike and it's like Absolutely not. Your body is like, no, 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 <laughs> absolutely not. It's crazy. But then to think when you are doing it and you're in the run of your show and and it becomes easy, like, oh, so much power. It's it's really, I was like, wow. Anytime we took, yeah, like a week off or something and, and then I would come back and I was like, whoo, whoo, <laughs> oh my gosh, I can't breathe. How do I breathe? How do I sing? I'm hanging from my from my seat. How do I do this? You know, um, and and then it gets fun again. You're like, I'm strong. I can do anything. <laughs> I can do musical theater. <laughs> Take that, bodybuilders. Mm. <laughs> did you um did you find that the the I, actually I'm curious where did you audition for it because I know oh. you you're from Seattle. Had you already moved to New York and did you audition in New York? I had. I had already moved to New York. Um, I'd been in New York for uh, like four or five years maybe. And um, I had done a reading for a new musical with the director, Glenn. And he, doing that show, he was like, oh. And he had already been working on Mermaid. He had done a couple of like mini tours and um, a paper mill playhouse and um, you know, they were still working on it. And he was like, I, I see like an aerial in, in, in her. So he kind of like 
ticked that away in the back of his mind. And so when The Little Mermaid came up, they had auditions in Seattle because it started in Seattle with the Fifth Avenue Theater as the first producing company for the first half of tour. Um, And it was going to be running in Seattle for a month over their Christmas season. So they were like, well, we don't want to just have a whole like New York cast come in because you know, a lot of Seattle pride and Seattle has so much talent. And they were like, we want to keep some Seattle faces and names in these title roles. We don't want to have, you know, someone that our audiences don't know um, come in for this. Uh, And Glenn was like, wait a minute. I know someone from Seattle. There's this girl that I met in New York named Diana Huey. And they're like, Diana, we know Diana. (laughs) Um, I'd worked there a ton. And when I lived in Seattle and, um, and so they had me doing an audition in New York, and I went to, you know, Ripley or Pearl or something, and I remember uh, – it's so embarrassing. I remember standing at the the door waiting to go in, and the, mon- the, the monitor at the, the audition, I kind of cracked the joke of like, well, I'm not going to book this. Like, I'm not going to get cast as Ariel because – it maybe if it was just a, a you know a sit down production, but I was like they're not going to want to take an Asian girl and throw her around the the whole country for a year on tour. They're not going to do that. And he was like, "Why not? Like, she's a mermaid. Why does it matter?" And I was like, "Oh, right. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Good." But I was just excited to go into a room and seeing part of your world, a song that you know every every kid in our age group grew up singing, and you know just pretended to be Ariel. And I was like, I get to do this for three minutes. For three minutes, I get to be Ariel. And they have to at least hopefully pretend to watch. Hopefully it's not one of those auditions where they're like, mm-hmm. Eating a uh-huh. sandwich. <laughs> yeah. Just uh, doing their Sudoku. And you're like, oh, should I, should I, sh- should I go? <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, I uh, did the audition and then I got a call like a week later. Um, and it, it was I was in like a downstairs basement changing room of maybe like a rainbow like clothing <laughs> store like you know like a cheap kind of um discount shopping thing where I was like well I'm in midtown so let me just see if they can get a new tank top or so I don't know you know and I'm like in this basement so I didn't get service and my you know so I get this voicemail from my agent saying that I booked it and I'm like you know, standing with no pants on or something like in this basement <laughs> changing room in, in New York. And I was just like, wow, I'm all alone in this basement. And I can't tell anybody that my life just like I just booked my dream job. I can't believe it. But um, yeah, so the audition was in New York, uh, but it definitely had strong ties to being from Seattle. Um, so I was very, very lucky to be able to tick those boxes. And uh yeah, I was – and then I got to go home for Christmas and the holidays, and it was amazing. And a lot of the ensemble were made – and a lot of the cast was made up of um, Seattle people. So I got to, you know, be reunited with my with my original Seattle tribe and the people that I fell in love with theater with. So it was, it was really special. That is so <clears throat> awesome that you got yeah. to do what you said, your dream role, and then you're in your hometown and your family gets to be there. You get to be supported the entire time, which is amazing. It doesn't always happen that way. I know. I And I had it. It I had someone come to every single show for that like month sit down in Seattle, people that I hadn't seen in 
decades, like, you know, friends from childhood that I hadn't seen. And, you know, they're like, I'm coming to see you in The Little Mermaid or people at the stage door. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I remember you from, was it fifth grade? Like, you know, (laughs) it's like, what is happening? So I had someone at every single show. There were lots of backstage tours um, and lots of, you know, I I had to do this, the the stage door um, to, to see people every single show. It was it was amazing. I was like, this is the most incredible homecoming that I could ever ask for. <laughs> that is so awesome. I um I can actually uh when you mentioned that you were like they're not going to cast me. I have mm-hmm. I've experienced <clears throat> that feeling too. I've been called into auditions and thought, you know, why am I here? Really though, why am I here? Right. You know. And I I don't know if it's a mixture of what society tells us or just our personal experiences of t- taught us that it usually goes to a, a, a white girl or a person that a non-melanated person. Um, and mm-hmm. so it's uh, sometimes you're already shooting yourself in the foot before you get in the room, you know, and maybe you just yeah. want to enjoy the audition and you just want to sing this lovely song from your childhood. But in the back of your mind, you're thinking maybe you're wasting your time. And yeah. I hate that. And I don't know what we can do to start changing that mindset. I know that casting needs to change uh, so that we can feel and that the the young girls and guys and girls coming after us can feel like their efforts are not in vain. I was uh, was doing a a Q&A with Broadway Plus recently. Mm -hmm. And there was this uh, young actor on named Roman Banks. And he... When he was the first uh, black Evan Hansen, and oh. he um, he 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 got into the show as one of the covers, and then went on, and he became the first black actor to ever perform that role. And he talked about when the show came out, and he's young, like he left college to do this role. Oh so, my goodness! <laughs> uh, when he first heard about Dear Evan Hansen in high school, which makes me laugh because anyway, but it's cute <laughs> and it's fun. But he first heard about Dear Evan Hansen and he talks about how he connected so much with Evan. He said, I'm an Evan, I'm an Evan, mm-hmm. you know? And when he went to the open call, there were only five people of color in line for Evan. Because, you know, it could be the vo- the voice part, but I think it has to do with you, you just already make the decision, I'm not going to book this role. Why should I even try? Why and should I be here? Yeah. It was so, <clears throat> I felt so hopeful seeing that he didn't let that hold him back and that he went in with his sights on what he thought was the best role for him. Yeah. I mean, after having the experience that I had and then facing all of the racism that that I faced from people just touring and um, about being Asian and playing Ariel. And, and then I think back, I thought, you know, well, I did it too. I did it first. I was the first one to say, <laughs> I can't, you know, Asian. Like, I was the first one to do it. And I did it to myself. And I it, – it really – it really was like an eye-opening experience for me of, you know, I I can't I can't fault anyone else for saying it if I said it about myself. So I need to change my own dialogue and how I approach an audition or how I approach these opportunities or how I approach a role um, and not, you know, 
categorize myself like that. And, you know, I, it, it, I hope that I can continue to practice that lesson and like continue learning from that and, and, and do, and like show up for that, that call that you're like, why am I here? And hope that, you know, it's because you're here, like, because I am here, not because of what I look like, but because of what, who I am and what I can do and what I bring to this, to this role. Um, and so hopefully, I mean, that's, you know, the dream, right? That, that is how things start going when we all get back. I think this has been a very, um, thought provoking year. Um, and there's been a lot of just like very needed discussion, um, and reevaluation. So I do hope that when we get back into it, that this will be a thing of more of the past. And, you know, people will be like, wait, why would you not go to an audition? Like, because of the, sc- the color of your skin, like, but you can sing it or you could act it or you can dance it or whatever it is, you know, why would you not go? Did you want it? You wanted it? Why didn't you go? You know, and it's like, well, uh, so I hope that, that becomes like some the conversation of the past, like, you know, oh, I walked b- uphill both ways in the snow when I was your age going to school, you know, like I want it to be that conversation where people are like, yeah, 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 we know, we know, but that's not, it doesn't apply anymore. So that's, that's the hope. And, and that, that's so great that he, you know, did that because it's also so, I'm sure you know too, that feeling when you walk into an audition for a role that is typically white, um, cast as white, and uh, you show up and you're like, what's up? I am the only person here that isn't what uh, the cookie cutter, you know, what you would assume the, the the character to look like. And it's incredibly intimidating. Or if there's like the, you know, five people in a huge call like that it's like you 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 feel very very naked and very seen and and then if you don't do it perfectly if you're not like 110% perfect for this and you and you give not a great audition it's so much more embarrassing and like so much more oh it just feels uh it's horrible right i i had that experience where i like you know, didn't do so well in a callback and like the dance call. And it was me and a bunch of white girls. And, you know, the, the breakdown for the character described her to be white, basically three different ways in that one little paragraph. And I was like, should I, I was like asking my agents, like, should I, should I go in for this? Cause I just don't want, if, if they're not going to look at me, if they want her to be a blonde haired, blue eyed Midwestern girl, great but I'm not that. So if that's what they want, then that's not what I'm going to give them. So should I be going? And they're like, oh, if that, I didn't even notice that. That's old language. It's old. Like, yeah. And, you know, it's uh, it's fine. It's fine. So just um, go in and, you know, they, they, they meant to update that or something. So I was like, okay. And then it stayed that way the whole time. And, and then I get to the call and I'm the only, you know, five foot Asian girl with these beautiful dancers. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is like my, the, the actor, like the nightmare that I have. And I wake up in a sweat and am living it. I'm living it. Um, and then, you know, so those, are, it's so hard to get through that. And then when I didn't do the, the combination perfectly, it was just like, so why, why is that? Why is that one here? Like, what is she doing here? I thought she must obviously have been like really ferocious, but mm, it was like, and then like the other a. fear, <laughs> the other fear too, is that you're misrepresenting everyone else that looks yeah. like you. 
right? as, as if that's on your shoulders to yeah. represent yourself so well that next time they'll call more of us in. And mm-hmm. <clears throat> I can't take that on, even though I do. I do. We do. We do. It's, yeah. you know, it's been such an interesting year. And I was in this um, uh, workshop for a new musical and they started it with a diversity like inclusion and anti-racism workshop. And they were like, it's not mandatory. And I think most everyone showed up. And there were just so many interesting things that um, they were even talking about how, you know, we as the the hierarchy, we as the actors are like at the bottom of the totem pole. Absolutely. Like the dirt holding the totem pole in the <laughs> ground, right? Like we're just – we feel so powerless to say no or to, you know, call call something out or to to say anything other than like yes, 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 and just yes and through all of it, right? And um that's something that at least in this diversity workshop, they were really talking about um like moving forward in theater processes and how this this is going to be like a conversation that happens at the first day of every rehearsal and um, the just sort of reallocating where the power lies so that it's more communal and like a team. Um, and I'm hoping that, you know, cause yeah, it, that it's so much to take on to be like, Oh, well, if I'm the only Asian girl and then I mess up and they're going to be like, Oh yeah, we took a risk. We were like, Oh, let's see if maybe we can add in a little bit of, uh, yeah, so let's just stick with what we, what we do. And it's like, I am not the representative of every person on this planet. Um, you know, how – so hopefully, yeah, we can speak up. And I, w- I wish that I, I – I never know how it works in an audition, but I wanted to just go up to them and say, I'm incredibly nervous and I just I just botched that and I know I botched that and I know I can do it. Um, you know, it's that hard line where you don't want to sound like you're begging, but – I was so mad at myself because I was like, I could do that combination. I just got so in my head with everything. And I was, I just, I felt defeated the second I walked in before I even did anything. I just looked around and I went, oh crap, you know? So I, man, I I hope that there is the sort of thing where you can go up and talk to the creatives and say, I I gave you my, that, that was my, that that was my dance call. Um, (laughs) And here, you know, and I don't know, you know, when you just want to say like, I can do better. Yeah. I, I really, I can. And I don't know if it's like the most appropriate thing to go up to someone and be like, I can do better. I promise. You know, you don't <laughs> want to go into an audition and be like, <clears throat> I have a cold. And so if I mess up, that's why, you know, you don't ever do that. But man, there, there are just those times where I, I wish that we felt like we could have open communication with people. We're all, aren't we all like, we're applying to work together. And so why shouldn't I be able to then communicate with you my truth like hey that wasn't the best but I do know I could do it and I know that I'm you know I just I take an extra day but if if this were rehearsal and I got to go home and think on this for a second and and do it in my own time not with the pressure of five six seven eight go you know I I can do it I could do it I know that too Austin talks a lot because Austin, uh, my husband, he sits on the other side of the table quite a lot and mm. as a music director. And he says 
that they always choose the hardest bits or just to to put the pressure cooker on people just to see if they can handle it and see if, you know, if if push comes to shove and this actor does handle it well, uh, great, but maybe they don't. And how do they handle those mess ups or how do they handle the pressure and are they going to be good to work with? And I think that's the fear that if you, if you do say that I have a cold, you know, they're going to be like, oh my God, they're difficult. Excuses. Or yeah. yeah, Or excuses. (laughs) And, And you just have that little, that small window to make an impression and you just want it to be the best parts of yourself. I have gone into auditions and cursed by accident and, you know, just, I, and then I swear to you that casting director didn't call me in for five years, you know? Are you kidding? No, not okay, kidding. Okay, but also, like, <laughs> maybe if you were cursing at them, but in what world, in what world in the theater, you know, is it not everyday conversation where there, it's, it's a colorful, it's a colorful room it's always, you know? It's a colorful room. It is. It is. I, uh, so Let's that say, I I'm just like that's that's garbage that's garbage I'm like <laughs> you know that I, I you, it's not like you were applying to you know work at a church or work with children right. it's like I'm auditioning for a musical or for a theater and yeah I think maybe she might have been a bit of a prude but it's okay <laughs> it's fine I'm fine oh um, man <laughs> that's horrible I would I would be in some I I don't know it's hard. It it just gets ingrained. It's it is the language of you know, of the business. It's very uh, that mm. very expressive, very colorful, it's very expressive. expressive, and honest. Yes. Yeah, and honest. Yeah, yeah. I don't even remember why I cursed, but in the moment it felt right, and then afterwards I I over I kept overthinking it, and then of course when I didn't get called in ever again, I thought, oh okay, yeah, that did. That's what happened. All right. Moving yeah. on. But you know what? I don't know. I think when I was thinking about what you said about, oh, should we say something? Should we say something? I don't know. If we had an insight into the casting director's brain, then we would know. And I would love that. Like if I had time to intern at a casting office and if they had time for me to be there, I would do it because you could learn so much about why they operate the way they do. I imagine that they're constantly busy and that's why everything's so last minute and and a, a little clipped and, and everything. And when you luck yeah. out with a casting director who's actually really kind and gracious and gives you a moment Ugh. and everything, it's really lovely. But I imagine because the culture of it seems to be uh, very last minute and, and somewhat difficult, I think that they must be very busy. Yeah. I just want to intern so that I can understand what's happening. The closest I got was being a reader, but even still, that's like, I still I, don't know. That's what like, I was wondering. Yeah. I, I've had friends that have, like, they're like, oh, man, just sitting in the room, just sitting in the room when that, when you, when you leave and the door shuts, you hear, you, they were like, I learned a lot. And I, I'm very curious about that. Um did you did you like hear a lot of things? <laughs> I <laughs> did you get the inside scoop? <laughs> so I was in a few rooms where they asked me to leave after every uh after every uh oh my gosh, I'm forgetting more it's actor. After every actor left. But what I learned was that how someone enters a room is really important. And mm. making eye contact and even the simplest things like if casting introduces everyone behind the table, like really take a moment and take that in. And those are things that I didn't do. I would go in, I, you know, I have my 
I'm ready and I'm yeah. focused and I'm not really being a human being. And mm-hmm. what was interesting being a reader is you wa- see people walking over and over and over again. And you can tell within seconds who's confident, who's self-assured, who's ready, who's going to, you know, be easy to work with. You can kind of tell. And with one director, he told me, he said, he let me ask him questions. I can't believe he let me do that. But I oh I, I, I got to ask him questions <laughs> in between people. And uh, he said, I know within 10 seconds if I want to work with someone. Now, his casting process is a little different. He's very precise about who he'll work with. And then mm-hmm. because they're already in the room, he's decided that they know how to do their craft because they're called in the room. But he looks for who do I want to work with? Who do yeah. I want to take? A, who do I want to sit and have coffee with? That's what he cares about. I, that's, that's what I tell like any students that I talk to, you know, I'm like, it's, everyone is talented. Everyone has something to bring to the table. So you have to just be a nice, be your best self, be kind to everyone, acknowledge everyone, know everyone. Um, because that's, what's going to get you working if people want to work with you. Cause we get to play, you know, and you don't want to play with someone you don't like. You don't want to play with someone that's a jerk. You know, you want to, so I'm like, kids, be nice to everybody. Yes. Treat treat people the way you want to be treated. It's like, it all goes back to kindergarten. Like, if we could just treat people the way we want to be treated, would you like it if someone did this to you? No? Then okay, then don't do it to them. Mm-hmm. It's that we simple. Just- we forget it, though. Especially in an environment that is so competitive. Because yeah. just because it's competitive, it doesn't mean it has to get <laughs> nasty or, or unkind. But... It is. It can be. It's not <laughs> yeah, always, it but it can be. And, you know, it's it's livelihoods and reputations at stake. And, you know, I, I just want that next notch in my career. We can get very focused on that and lose sight of just, hey, these are my fellow actors. They're going mm-hmm. through the same thing I'm going through. How yeah. can I support you in this audition waiting room? You know? Yeah. Yep. I have been in some waiting rooms where the dancers <laughs> are stretching and the singers are humming and I am just like, you know, uncomfortable. <laughs> Can we all just be friends? Yeah. Like if if we all book this together, we're all going to be best friends. So this let's start now. Like <laughs> you immediately become friends with like once you're is it like now we all got a gold star. We all got got an A so we can all be like I can acknowledge you now because we are the same like what is it but oh I hate that energy I hate it when it's like that I nothing makes me feel better than when I'm at an audition and everyone is just you know kind and we're all getting along and sharing things you know passing pages or whatever it is or just being nice to each other it's so helpful I've made friends from you know, auditions where um, people are like, oh, how do you guys know each other? And we're like, Pearl? <laughs> like the hallway? <laughs> I don't know. We've like never worked together. We, you know, yeah, we we just see each other at auditions and we've become friends. And it's, yeah, I'm like, that's the way it should be. We're all trying to do the same thing. We're all, you know, trying to make art. We're trying to have fun and tell stories. And, you know, it's it's not like we're, I don't know. No, it's true. And we're all, like you said, at the bottom, we're all the the dirt that the totem pole is in, you know? And so (laughs) we're very replaceable. And so we might as well treat each other with kindness because the rest of this this, uh, community can be difficult. It can be challenging. So we might as well be kind to each other, all of us at 
bottom dwellers down here. (laughs) (laughs) But it's so true. Isn't it like so much nicer to enjoy yourself at the audition versus being like stressed out and miserable and, you know, like that, that New York, you know, when you, when you're walking and you just immediately like mean mug and you stare down at the ground and you walk as fast (laughs) as you can, even though you're like, I'm killing an hour, but I'm going to still walk as fast as I can down the street. And like, Gosh, what a miserable way to live, right? I'm yeah. like, why not take this opportunity to hang out with people and have fun and talk and learn and crack a joke and then maybe go get a coffee and walk to the train together. You know, it's like I I don't know. I've had I've had a lot of I and I don't know the the Asian American um, musical theater community in particular is very super like supportive and wonderful and. Like you get to, it's like once once you do one once you do one Miss Saigon, you know everyone, um, and or, or it's at least one degree of separation. And so I, at least when I get 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 those calls where there's a lot of Asian people or like diversity calls, um, which you know, but I'm like, well, at least I'm gonna I'm gonna go see all my friends today. Bye, like going to the audition. I'm gonna go hang out with people, and then we're gonna go get barbecue. You know, it's like. <laughs> I don't know. I just think it's so much better. I and and it makes it so ah, it then you walk into the room and you're not coming from this position, but you're like coming from and up just and high. chatting and yeah. having fun, you know, and being like, oh right, this is fun. This is fun. Theater is fun. And like working with other artists is fun and connecting with people is fun. This is what I like to do. Absolutely. <laughs> I I'm curious too when you had that experience of being the only Asian girl in this dance call. I've experienced where I'm the only black girl in the audition room and uh, I think sometimes colorism comes into play in my head too because I'm thinking, well, they may cast a black girl but she's not going to be this shade or you know, and and that's mm-hmm. troubling mm-hmm. because I don't want to feel this competitive nature with my other Black fellow actresses. Yeah. And I'm not saying that I feel competitive, but I am aware that colorism plays a role. And I'm aware of uh, that if they want to diversify a cast, that they go for what they can see. So maybe even if I'm in the audition room with a few light-skinned Black girls, they may choose someone my shade just because from the back of the house, you can tell, oh, there's a Black girl on stage, which isn't uh. fair. And and um, we just have a, far, a, a long way to go. But have yeah. you, in your experience, even in Seattle or New York or D.C., where you've auditioned and worked, have you found that you've had to take on the quote-unquote token role in a show, I mean, yeah, especially at, especially at the beginning, I I feel more, you know, I was I was thinking through this, um, and I've been relatively lucky, and because I, especially in the beginning, because I am five feet tall, and because I am Asian, and because I am definitely a stronger singer, actor versus dancer. Um, Adrian and I hope that you have enjoyed listening to the show thus far. If you'd like to hear the full interview and get access to the curtain call, head on over to 32barcut.com. 
where you can find a link to our Patreon page. There you will have exclusive access to the entire video collection and private RSS podcast feed, as well as other subscriber-only content. All right, that's all I got. Thanks for tuning in. See you next time.